0: Since we are more than conquerors, I heard the preacher say last evening, he said, the least we can do is win. Because we are more than conquerors. He said, so the least that we can do is win. Anybody here got the victory? Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. As we continue on in the study of James, looking at this second chapter. Praise God for the reading of Word. Uh, his Word has came forth already. I'd like to highlight to us verse uh, 22 in this same chapter of uh, the second chapter of James in the New Testament, verse uh, 22, reading from the New Living uh, Translation. Those who are able to stand, honoring a reading of God's Word. You are welcome to do so. New Testament, James, uh, second chapter, verse. 22. The Word of God says, You see, His faith and His actions work together. His actions made His faith complete. Praise God for His word. You may be see as he take, you take See, be Help me announce the subject to your neighbor. Tell them, Perfecting my faith. Amen. We know we like to share, so don't, don't, don't tell that just that one neighbor. Tell the other neighbor. Tell them the same thing. Perfecting my faith. In this verse to focus on how Abraham was making his faith complete or perfect, I want us to see how we too can do the same thing. That we too can perfect our faith. You might be wondering why this is even written about. What does this have to do with my walk? In Christ, well, James took the moment and the time to pencil this out to them to let them know that if you're not working out your faith, you have dead faith. And I believe that we understand that dead things oftentimes are not good things. Children in kindergarten and first grade oftentimes do projects and they have to just put stuff in categories. They put stuff that's living and they put stuff that are not living. They don't put dead, but they understand the difference. They'll put something that's living, they'll put the plants, they'll put people from ads, they'll, they'll put uh, animals, they'll see, and then, then things that are not living, they'll put clothes, they'll put shoes, Or even put food there. But they understand that there's something different between something that's living and something that is not living. But I, I want to ask this question this morning. Do Christians understand the difference between living faith And dead faith. Because looking at this text, I would argue that James discusses with them that they do not understand that living faith looks like this. And dead faith looks like that. Because the question comes up that you say you have faith, but yet you do nothing. So he follows up, what kind of faith is that? Dead faith is worth nothing. He is exposing dead faith. I want to help us out this morning that some of us need to help somebody else out and go expose to them some dead faith. They say they love the Lord, but you don't see them come to church on Sunday morning. They're going to tell you it doesn't take all of that. You expose them, that's dead faith. My living faith moves me to be with the body of Christ when fellow believers and come power and come to pray together and encourage one another. But your dead faith lets us know that you don't want to be a part of the body. You just want the body to help you out when you need some help. We need to expose the dead faith. Dead faith is saying I love you and I hope you succeed in life, but I do nothing to help. This come to fruition in your life. This kind of faith is dead faith. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone, James asks? How can I show I trust in the Lord and I have faith in him, but my actions do not line up with what I confess? This non-action is dead faith, and this is seen in the world as people go around and talk to you how they like you, and they say, I'll call you, but they never get your number. They, they say, my people will contact your people. They say, call me when you need some help. But here comes the time when you call them because you need help, and you find out that the words were not said in Faith. Can you help me out? Somebody tell you maybe that's dead faith. So when you see that dead faith means that I got a lot of talking, but I have real little action. I can talk a lot, but I won't do a lot. I'll confess a lot, but I won't live it out. I'll make it sound good. I'll make it even look good. You give me a pen and paper. I can write it down for you, too. But don't follow me around because you won't see me walk it out. James shows examples of dead faith and of looking at a person in need, and nothing is done to help this person but giving words to help them. Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, he writes, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? I can hear the audience just as you just look as James saying, you are right, James, that doesn't make any sense. How, how can I dare say that to my brother and my sister? I see that they're in need. They say that they're hungry. I got a sandwich in my hand. They say that they're cold. I got an extra coat in my car. But I say, go on, be well, be warm, be filled, and I hope you have a good day. We have to do better in showing our faith to the Lord by being obedient to the word of the Lord. Jesus teaches that the kingdom of God looks after the least of these, the poor and neglected. We should be moved when we see our brothers and our sisters in Christ in need that we will do what we can to assist them. Jesus teaches us about the kingdom, saying, Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40, says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come ye who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I, I, I was a stranger and you invited me in. I Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and Come to you, the king will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. My brothers and my sisters, we see here that James is writing what Jesus has already told us, that if we are to have faith in him and love him, it will be demonstrated by how we love one another that we will look to serve and be a blessing to others we see the same principle James was teaching to them that how can you have faith in God call yourself a Christian but you judge with evil motives watch out somebody he said how can you treat the rich better than you treat the poor wasn't the poor whom he blessed wasn't the poor whom he called out wasn't it the poor that he came to save and preach the gospel to wasn't here in the poor in the kingdom of God he says if you done to the poor to the least of these you have what done it unto me so how can we say we live in a Christian world? We hear it so much on the news from the different politicians want to say that we are a Christian government. We have Christian principles, but they consistently neglect the poor. Hello, somebody. I think they need to go back and look at their Bible and say, if these are Christian principles, then we need to make a priority to get the naked and the hungry and the cloth fed and clothed and sheltered and stop. Stop trying to push them out so we can build new stadiums, we can build new, new malls, we can build new places, but we don't care where the poor got to go. Do you understand that when they say they want to beautify the city, they're trying to get rid of the poor they want to remove what is an eyesore they want to remove what is neglected but the Bible tells us that when we look after the least of these and we say we profess it and confess it we're going to do the work it's time for us to start looking and say Lord how can I be used we can can I volunteer in a soup hall and and help pass out some soup or I can help gather some baskets and pass it out to the families I can rake up the leaves of my neighbor I can do all kinds of things to show that I confess my Lord because how I live my life but there's some people out there that will walk around with their Bible in their hand a cross around their neck and they'll make you look at them and make you think that they are Christian but you won't see them doing any work of Christ it's time out for people to walk around acting like they know him and start living like they know him We are called to do the work of the kingdom. We have been saved by our Lord and Savior. And if we confess Jesus, the only begotten of the Father, as our Lord, we must submit to his will and his precepts and his holy spirit in a life of total surrender. We like to sing that hymn because it moves us in such a way. I surrender all. But some of us need to stop singing that song because we know we're lying. To surrender all means, Lord, I will give everything that I have to you, that I trust you more than I trust myself. That's why that rich man has such a problem following after Jesus because he says, you want to follow me? You want to go into the kingdom of God? Well, go sell everything that you have and come after me. It said he left disappointed, he left sad because everything that he had made up who he was. You need to be careful. If you are made up by your possessions and somebody stole your stuff, then who are you? Hearing God minister to us, we will see that my faith should not be dead faith, but my faith should be living faith and my living faith will be practiced. In my daily walk, we heard the old adage practice makes perfect. We need to practice our faith. We need to daily put into practice what we confess. To perfect one's faith, one needs to hear of God. God came to Abraham and then named Abram and call him to leave and go to the promised land God has prepared for him. Genesis 12 chapter verse 1, Abraham's faith in God moved him to action to leave what he knew to venture to a land of hope and promise he did not know. The same faith in the true living God was even demonstrated in his test to give Isaac back to the Lord. God, seeing Abraham's great faith, calls him friend, says to Abraham, he is about to sacrifice his son Isaac. Look what God said to him, Genesis twenty-second chapter, verse 12. He says, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You understand that when we are perfecting our faith, we need to be listening to God because Abraham to perfect his faith had to first hear from God when God called him out he trusted God alright God you called me out of this land I'm comfortable with living with my father's people we are doing well for ourselves but you want me to go alright I'll go then God tells him I'm going to bless you you'll be a g- great generation and a generation and a generation they will have this land you won't be here in this land you can look at it but you gotta live outside the land but your seed will own this land Abraham was accepting us okay God I got it he finally gets his son old and age his son is done growing up he's loving on his son God tells him to sacrifice his son Isaac look at his daddy daddy I see the wood I see the donkey I see you and I see me but where is the sacrifice Abraham with his great faith looked at his son and says the Lord will provide the sacrifice anybody here glad that when you trust in the Lord, He knows how to provide uh, just what you need. So when Abraham heard God, He was obedient to the call. He was even willing to sacrifice the promise that God gave him. If I can help somebody out here on this morning, you might find out that you might need to give back what God gave you. He'll give you more because when Abraham was giving up Isaac, said, God said, "Don't worry about it. I, I see that you're trusting me." Here goes a ram in the bush, and that's when we get the Lord to provide. He said, Jehovah Jireh, right there. He said, the Lord provide. Here it is, right here. So we see that his faith was not just lip service. He could have said, Isaac, God is going to provide his own offering. And said, we're going to wait here till he does so. No, he went up the hill. Tied the boy down. Took out the knife. Was about to go down. But God stepped right in. And said, that's enough. You see, when you do your best, God will take care of the rest. See, Abraham, the father of Israel, James writes to them. They know this father of faith, this great patriarch and how he was able to trust in God. They say, oh, that is faith. I, I see that as a good example. That's our father of this great religion that we've been following in Judaism. Abraham. We know Abraham. We love Abraham. That's father Abraham. He had many sons. The children know that song, right? 20, many sons as father. I'm one of them. And sorry, so let's all praise the Lord. Say all of say they probably got good. They probably got excited. They started shouting, yeah, Abraham, that's my father. I'm going to Faith like Abraham, but then look what James when he says, "and like Rahab." Oh, Rahab has a different description. He he points out that Rahab, that you know you know Rahab, y'all y'all know her profession. He even has to highlight for them if they forgot Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. And so look, look at these things that he's going to. One, he points out to us that if you have faith, you will be like Abraham, you'll work it out. But secondly, he points out to us that you can't just say it because it does not make you any different than a demon. Y'all quiet on me. Uh, right there it says that you believe there's one God, good. So do the demons and shudder. Uh, you might be looking at this test what this has to do. What his points out to them that they understood. They said this all the time. Hear ye Israel, the Lord God is one. Now, they understood that there is one God. They believed that there is one God. He points out, and that's great that you know that the Lord God is one. The second thing I want to know, what you gonna do about it? There's no sense of you saying it and you don't show it because you consistently have other gods before him. You consistently bow down before other things. You consistently do not do what he asks you to do, but you have the nerve to say, I believe in him. And so he says to them that if you want to say you have faith, you have to show your faith. You have to be like the father Abraham, but even you might have to be like Rahab. Hearing of God is part of perfecting our faith, but we must do more than just hear. We talked about it that we want to be doers, not just hearers. We must do the work. Just saying you believe in God does not say much. Because then you're just like the demon. So we must show our faith in the Lord by our work. And so we are different from the demons or non-believers of God. This is where the example of Rahab steps in. James reminds his Jewish audience of these great acts of faith of Abraham. Now Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her what? Actions. When she hid those messages and sent them safely away by a different road, our actions will show us to be right with God when we do what is right according to God. Abraham trusted God and was willing to give back to God what God promised him. This great work made him to be known as a friend of God. The same truth is a principle for us to live by as well. We too are right with God by our works of faith. We see the same truth further illustrated in the life of Rahab, who moved to trust in God because of what she heard before the people of God got there. Remember, I said perfecting your faith comes from hearing of God. Can I help somebody out that you need to open up your Bible every now and then and take some time to read and listen to the word of God and understand that there's something out there bigger, greater, mightier than you. It's time out for us to sit down, pew after pew, telling everybody I know what they're about to say. And you have now opened up your ears to hear the word of God. Rahab could have looked at them and said, I heard about your God, but I don't believe it. But no, she trusted what she heard and she put faith in them, put her own life in danger. But what we found out, what she gave up, she got back tenfold. That her family was safe. Her family was protected because of her faith. In God, a God she heard about from rumors. This God of Israel is, is toppling kingdoms. These are those Israelites. They came into my place. I want a piece of this God because I believe that he is the true God. Let me protect them. Can I help somebody out that when you hear God's word, it should move you to actions? And when it moves you to actions, you are trusting God for the outcome, not the outcome you desire. You're trusting God for the outcome. Because so when we can perfect our faith, this, that we realize that I am practicing means I am daily doing the things that my faith requires in order to perfect my faith anybody here find out that as you start loving somebody and you make a mo uh, uh, a mind your mind made up to love that person each and every day it becomes easier as the days go by y'all looking at me kind of funny make a change some faces uh, y'all quiet up. y'all must be sitting next to somebody that it took some time for you to, to learn how to love them. that's why I just blink at me I can see I see I see uh, and and as you start loving on them I mean, it gets easier and easier those things that used to get on your last nerves don't bother you as much uh, you can put up with it just a little bit longer but maybe all that 100 times you might remind them that this stuff gets on my last nerves can you stop it and you start all back over loving them just a little bit longer what i'm trying to point out that as you're practicing this principle you become stronger you become better that it becomes easier for you to show the love of christ because you look back you realize that back in the day i, I was not always filled of the spirit uh, some flesh of things might have came out but now that is by his grace oh, hallelujah it's by his mercy I'm able to overlook some things and love some things this is my faith of being in work and in action some of us don't have someone we sit next to you that's not an issue maybe your, your trust in God comes with your money and Sunday after Sunday you become stingier and stingier but if I take you out to the mall I guarantee those pockets become open that nothing is too high you don't even look at the tag. You say, I want it. I got a credit card. I'll charge it. I don't care how much it's going to cost me. I just want it on me. And, and then after you put it on, and sometimes you want to go ahead and take it back to put it back on that credit card. Y'all quiet on me. <laughs> I, I know how we get down because I've been around the stores. I see how people do it. And, and, and you keep on doing but to come into the house of God. And, and then you start saying, well, Lord, I can't trust you as much as I trust this credit card. I, I know on this credit card, I can, I can give it to the cashier. They will run it through. They ring it up. And what I desire, I now have. I walk out with it in my hand. But if I come and put money in that tray, I don't get anything back. I'm, I'm used to having a bag in my hand going out to my car, appreciating what I just purchased. Oftentimes, I buy stuff I can't afford that I'm going to pay more for it in the long run, but I feel good when I go out to the car. But the day when the mail comes and the bills are due, my, my attitudes change. And then I come to the church saying, Lord, I need a breakthrough, but all I got is a dollar to give. But I put down $25, the minimum payment, on my credit card. But when I come back to the church, all I got is a dollar. Let me help somebody out. How is it you can have so much faith in a piece of plastic that it can cover your expenses, but you can't put faith in a God that's created the heavens and the earth that he can cover all your needs? And I guarantee if you start practicing and start, God, I'll start giving you more, I'll start giving you more, I'll start giving you more. It's amazing how you realize that not only in the church that you start giving more, but people come by, you start giving more. And watch out, you start receiving more. I guarantee you right now, I guarantee you be a blessing somebody, I guarantee they're going to try to take you out. That's what friends do. When you bless them, they want to bless you back. When you do good to them, they want to do good to you. And watch this. even if they don't, God knows how to supply your every need. Some of you say, well, that's not my issue. How can I pray? Well, here it is. Here's another place of practice. Some of you have to practice on forgiveness. You, you say, how do I practice on forgiveness? You got to keep on reminding yourself that you need to forgive somebody. They hit your car. They broke your favorite coffee mug. They stepped on your shoes. They pulled in front of you in the car. They jumped in front of you in the grocery line. They are talking loud at the movie theater. Whatever it is that got on your last nerve, you need to start practicing, Lord, help me to forgive them. And when you forgive them, this is what you do. You don't remind them what you're forgiving them of. Y'all, 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 y'all over there, y'all hurting right now. Y'all say, "How, how can I not remind them? Because it's not about you trying to prove you're right. You just say, I forgive you. And the forgiveness is, is not in the words but in the action that when that person comes around you, you remove all defense, you remove all airs and they feel comfortable in your presence they feel peaceful in your presence and they realize that you are loving on them and it might become a, a open up to them that you know what I did wrong to that person, I don't know why I did wrong to that person but that person so enough is loving on me, being forgiven towards me, I think I ought to do a better job in communicating to that person. And watch, you're going to find out that that person changed. But the point was, that person did not change. You change. When we start practicing our faith, it's amazing how we change. We become stronger. We become better. And we start seeing more of God's glory in our lives. So, practice makes perfect. This great great practice is to do the will of the Father by loving, serving, forgiving, and giving. The last practice I want to do was service. Some of us need to practice on serving. And serving is what I mean that we don't serve to get a pat on the back, we don't serve to become recognized. We don't serve to have our names in the, in the program, on lights, or even on the market. We serve so that somebody can be lifted up. And the so one way to practice in serving is that you go down to some soup place or you go down to some mission and you just work. Don't tell them your title. Don't tell them your name. Don't tell them your credentials. Just show up. And just work. Don't try to be the boss. They say, we need a leader. Don't, don't be the one to volunteer. Just wait. If they calling you, then you leave. But you just come there to serve. I guarantee you'll feel better. You'll have a smile on your face and realize that you're making a difference in somebody else's life. And watch out that next day they're going to call you and say, can you come back? And you're going to say, sure, I can come back because it felt so good. To give back to those who were in need. And week after week, a month after month, you'll find out you're serving in more programs. You're serving in more things and doing more work for the kingdom of God. And you start realizing people start recognizing you for what you're doing. That they need your expertise. They need your help. But that won't come without practice. So we need to practice our loving, our serving, our forgiving, our giving. Just to name a few. This great faith we have in the Lord is based on the work of the Son of God. Jesus showed us his work of redemption. For whosoever believes in him shall what? Not perish but have. Jesus came to draw all unto him, but he must be lifted up for our salvation. Our salvation was based on the work of Jesus. Therefore, our faith should be demonstrated at each step. We take in trusting in God. If Abraham knew God would provide a sacrifice for him as he was sacrificing Isaac, and if Rahab had faith that God could save her and her family, how much more can we now today of the evidence that has been laid before us that we can put our faith, our trust in the true living God? When we put our faith and our trust in him, our minds will go back to Calvary and think about the work that our Lord and Savior has done. Do you understand that we don't have a dead faith? We have a living faith. And our living faith should be, should be demonstrated by how we live now for our resurrected King and Savior. Did not Jesus, when he walked the earth, showed us how to love? So is how to forgive, so is how to serve, and if he has showed us how to do all of these things while he was here, and he has defeated death and overcome sin, how much more can we now live a life of demonstration to a dead dying world to show to them that there's hope, that there's peace, that there's joy in serving our God. This room should be filled up here said I want to know him. I want to love him. I want to be with him because there's some people out there dying just right now who are going to get shot, who's going to get murdered, who's going to die perishing because no one has gone out to serve them, to love them and preach the unsearchable truths of the gospel of God. I'm here to declare today that there's someone out that you know that needs to hear this truth and we need to go out and say not only do I confess it but I'll live it and how will I live it Jesus says go ye into all the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy Ghost. he says teach them to observe all things that i've taught you i said all things that's why you gotta get in the word you gotta study the word so that you can walk out the word you can do what you don't know but when you spend some time with jesus and spend some time in his word it's going to come to your remembrance at that right time in that right moment to let somebody know here i Am, to bless you, to serve you, because serving you, I'm serving my king, and serving my king gives me joy, it gives me peace. So, we can't have dead faith. I hope you are well. I'll see you later. No, we have living faith. I'll call on y'all, check on y'all, you. send your card, I'll drive by, I'll make sure whatever I can do, I'll be there to help you. And that goes a long way. Alive. We are alive. So let our faith be alive and not dead. Every head body eyes closed. Lord, we come right now. Realizing, Lord, we've been called, we've been challenged, we've been charged to live a life that's pleasing to you. And that's a th- living faith, an active faith that walks out your word, lives out your word that does all that it can to give you glory and give you honor. Father, Lord, we ask you right now to minister to us right now. Reveal to us, Lord, how we can do better in serving you in this kingdom. Help us, O oh God, that we will practice our great faith each and every day, completing it and, and making ourselves right with you and being known as your friends by our obedience to your great will. Father, we are grateful there might be someone here that says today I want to join this place. We welcome them here, oh God. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for how you convicted our hearts today. That we want to be better walking out our faith. And to walk by faith and not by sight. Fully trusting and leaning on you. Knowing that you are our strength. You are our help. Father, move in this place. God has directed us and keep us. We pray. Amen. And may we extend the hands of the disciples. There might be someone here today.